Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. This morning's message is called Seeking the Kingdom of God, and it's kind of in line with our fasting calendar, which you, if you've read it this week, is all about seeking. And um, seeking is simply searching for something, trying to find something that you wish to obtain. I'd like that. I want that. So I'm going to, I'm going to go and look for it. So we go and we look for something, and that is what seeking is all about. And I think a lot of times we walk through life half blind. I know I do. I mean, I couldn't even see Alison there this morning, but I sometimes feel like I'm, I go through life like a mole. And there's so much there that I'm not looking for. Things that I'm looking for that I shouldn't be looking for and things that I should be looking for that I'm passing by. And so I want to um, talk a little bit about seeking the kingdom of God. And the key scriptures in Matthew 6 from 31 to 34, it says, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat and what will we drink? What will we wear? Because these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all of your needs, eh? So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. Who, who's good at doing that? Don't worry about it. <laughs> we're, 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 we're on the journey to not worrying about tomorrow, for tomorrow brings its own worries and troubles, strife, contentions, issues. Today's trouble is enough for today. Let's just get through today. And he says, I'm with you daily. Amen. You know, I think everyone wrestles with doing God's will for our lives. And that's what we're seeking. Lord, what is your will for me today? And I think a lot of us wrestle with that. And that's not an excuse to not to strive to do God's will in our lives daily. Um, But I think it's true for all of us. Sometimes we've done our will above his will. Amen. We do our will above his will. I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I feel like doing this today. And no matter what, no matter what, I've read, heard what the spirits, you know, you feel that tug in you. No matter what, you're like, no, I'm just going to do this today. I'm going to do what I want to. And sometimes you think, well, do you know what? The more mature we get in the Lord, the easier it is. Well, I want to tell you that it's not just the dilemma of a young Christian to know what is God's will for my life. It's a lifelong pursuit to stay and to know what God's will is. To be in the exact center of his will for your life and to trust him. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Especially from all us more mature people here in, in, the, in the congregation. You know, you could be years and years and years in the Lord, 20, 30, 40, 50 years in the Lord and be completely out of his will. Or you can be saved one week and be in his perfect will. Doesn't matter. Being, being in his will is something you need to seek God's will. We know his will. We just need to know more. We just need to get it into us. Amen. And I think a lot of the times is because we're not very receptive or open to what, he's, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us or showing us. So I want to encourage us all today to, um, in, if you've got, you know, remember those little bunny ears, 
antennas you put on the TVs in the 80s, you know? Sometimes they fell off the telly, you know, and you didn't get a reception, you know? Or then sometimes you had to get it in just the right spot or someone would have to hold it. Oh, that, that's a good picture. Can you leave it there? Oh, oh, don't move, don't move. You know, you could have someone standing there the whole night with bunny ears for a good picture. But, you know, we just have to adjust our receptivity sometimes. And then things will begin to change. And I think a lot of times we get trapped in situations of our own making. And in a way, it's these circumstances that turn us back to God. That turn us back to seeking God's face again. And many times, it's really a painful experience that drives us back to our knees. You know, pain, ha pain has a purpose. A lot of times, it's, a, it's the painful times of life that bring us back to God. And so, we want, and when pain hits, and it hits, it hits like a freight train in your life, and you're, you're broken with the pain, and you're, you're just so deeply wounded with pain, and you're like, something inside you says, get back to Jesus, get, cry out to God, get back on your knees and ask him for help. And all of a sudden, we want an audience with our creator again. We want to know, we want him to see him face to face. We want him to be the only one in front of us. Lord, help me. And the way we do that is to come back repentantly, and to, with a grateful heart, and say, Father God, forgive me for shutting you out of my life, but I'm here now. And what does the word say? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, and courts with praise. Go back to him with the right heart, and begin to thank him for turning your situation around, and begin to worship him, and then things will begin to change. Do you believe that this morning, church? Amen. So, and worship's, worship is something that what, what we worship the Lord on a Sunday morning together. But really, the last thing that you said yes to the Lord about was an act of worship. Your last act of obedience was your last act of worship. Amen? And so, you know, when, when he called us into fellowship to to. to to worship him, to be in his presence every day. And, and, and all it is about is, is harking to the voice of the Spirit, coming back to him, seeking his face. In Psalm 40, in the New Living Translation, it says that I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. I love that. I love that. I waited patiently. I tarried expectantly. I just... You know what, I'm, I'm, I've got expectation. I know I'm going to have to wait, so I'm going to wait. And then you know the rest, don't you? He lifted me out of the miry pit. He set my feet upon a... He took me out of the mud. He put me on a sure foundation. He steadied me. He steadied me and supported me as I walked along. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to start to sing a new song. So this is something that we're doing in the praise team now. We're, we're singing the Psalms. We, we just want to, let's take God's word and sing it. Yes. Sing God's word. I don't know any songs. I don't know. I'm not very creative. I can't come up with lyrics. Just go to his word and begin to sing his word. Amen. So 
I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and he heard my cry. So seeking, the, seeking God's face is also about waiting patiently, waiting on him, amen. And if you read the little things in the fasting calendar, you've seen those different things on the different days. Seeking God's kingdom, all right? Seeking God's kingdom, Romans chapter 14, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. I'm kind of chucking a few scriptures at you this morning to reinforce what was in your fasting calendar. So seeking God's kingdom, what is God's kingdom? It's not eating and drinking. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So God's kingdom is centered around the Holy Spirit when we are on earth. Amen? For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Amen. Matthew 16, 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. Keys. What do keys do? They open or close, they unlock or lock doors. Amen. And, that's, and that was in, in, in Matthew, wasn't it? Who was Jesus speaking to? To Peter. He says, Peter, I'm giving you the keys. And I'm, I'm going to, what you do here in my will, I'm going to ratify that. I'm going to back it up. And Peter goes out and he takes the keys and he unlocks the door for three whole people groups. The Jews, the Samaritans, and the Gentiles. He goes out and he uses the keys that he was given. All right, now we're talking about, they're not real keys. What's the word for that in English? Is it metaphor or figurative? I don't remember, was not a great student. Someone did an English prelim recently, can help me. <laughs> but it's the metaphor, yeah. So it's like, but he's got the keys now and he now makes the kingdom of God Oh, he opens it up to the Jews, the Samaritans, and the Gentiles. Isn't that awesome? God's given us the keys of the kingdom so that we can open the doors for others. So that we can say, let me introduce you. There's a scripture. I don't know where it is. I know that some people will know it straight away. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than da 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 <laughs> I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of Better is, yeah, better is one day in your courts than a thousand else. But the impression is he's given us the keys. And if he's given us keys, it means that there's doors. And we can go to doors and open doors. But we can also lock doors. We can also lock doors. We can also bind things. Amen. And the key, the key of faith is necessary every time because without faith, salvation is not possible. The door remains shut. We have the keys to faith. And we can unlock someone else's faith. Do you know how you unlock someone else's faith? We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But you know what? When you first get to them, I want to share what God did in my life. Yes. Here's my testimony. Ah, yes. oh, okay. You just unlocked a door. Amen. So seeking God's kingdom, seeking God's will. My sheep, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. 
So are you a, are you a sheep or a goat? <laughs> or what to, you know, that's a real thing. I've heard sermons on that, sheeps and goats, and other animals, to be fair. <laughs> and um, he says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Acts 16, verse 6 says, now when they had gone, gone through a place which is hard to pronounce, and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia, because after they had come to another place which was hard to pronounce, they tried to go into another place which was hard to pronounce, but the Spirit did not permit them. God's, God's will, God's will, the Spirit did not permit them. If there's a closed door, if there's a locked door, you can run at that door all day. You're going to have a headache. You're going to have bruises all over your body. It's not if there's... Sometimes the Spirit says, stop, go no further. That's not the door for you. It's not God's will that you, you, you go there. And here's Paul. He's traveling on his journey and at one point, the Spirit forbade them from going to a certain place. Now, sometimes we're, I'm going to go there at all costs. I heard someone, a young man, he was, uh, was on a podcast interview. He says, you know what? I am, I'm going to China. That's what he wanted to do. I was, I'm going to China, and I'm going to serve the church. I'm going to plant churches in China. He's never to this day been to China because God just never opened the doors or told him to go to China. But he, wants to go to, he wanted to go to China. But God never made it possible to go to China. So let the Lord's will be above our will. Amen? So even Paul had to face closed doors in his ministry. Amen? Closed door means I do not want you to do that. I don't want you to go through that door. Open door equals, and if you, you know, some people, they get to the door and, you know, of course, you've got to know it's God's voice, it's the will of God, but sometimes we, we hang around the door peeking in for aid, it's, come in, come in, come in. You know, we are the household of faith, but a lot of us hang out in the lobby for years, instead of coming in, the household of faith, go through the lobby, through the front door, into the lobby, into the grand hall, into the living room, all these rooms are in the household of faith, and God says, come in, come through these doors, amen, so is every open door God's plan? Some, sometimes you'll find there are doors of opportunity Trust the Spirit for some basic direction on them because the devil's good at setting a trap, a snare, you know, a deception. So that's why seeking God's will is important. Seeking God's strength. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 19, Paul prays, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Be rooted and grounded in love. Have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, 
and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. If you're sitting in this place this morning, I want to tell you that Jesus Christ loves you beyond all that you can imagine. He loves you so much. He loves you beyond your wildest. I can't, you, you cannot comprehend how much Jesus loves you. Loves you so much, he, he died for you. He died for us. Amen. What strength is Paul praying for here? There's all sorts of strength. But he's praying for spiritual strength. To comprehend and to, to know the love of, of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not just the strength to do things that we need sometimes. It's the strength to know that he is our Lord and Savior. And no matter what persecution comes against you, you're not going to give up on that. It's, it's the strength to know him and to, and to endure and to have the stamina and to never give up, never forsake your testimony, never forsake your faith, your faith. Amen. So it's not always the strength for doing, but it's the strength to know. Amen. Seeking God's presence. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him. If, I love we all always love the if comes up. Uh, if you search after him with all of your heart and with all your soul, you will find him if you seek after him with all your heart and soul. Amen. Hebrews 11.6, without faith it's impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, that he's actually real, and that he wants to reward you. He wants to reward those who seek him, seeking his presence. You must believe that he's real. And this is where Satan comes in to try and discredit, discount, give, feed you a load of baloney, that this is all fables and stories. And of course it's not. I've, I've, um, I've brushed with death and bad situations too many times and been rescued to know that they were all just coincidental. <laughs> oh, too, too many times. Too many times. Amen. And seek his peace, seeking his peace. John 14, 27. Jesus gave or Jesus sent us his Holy Spirit who is the peace we have on earth. Do you know what? We're not going to find that peace anywhere else apart from with the Holy Spirit. You will not, you will, you, I think people experience, maybe mild satisfaction, ranging through to extremely satisfied with what they've got in life. But a lot of it centers around material things and what they have. And they feel secure because of, because of what they have. It's when you have nothing and you still have peace that you can't, money can't even buy that. It's when you have nothing and you've come to the end of your rope and there's not even a knot there. It's money can't buy that. Amen, church. Searching for peace. Know him and no peace. Know him, know him, no peace. Amen. Seeking blessing. 
Matthew chapter 7, from 7 to 11 in the Amplified, seeking his blessing. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives, and he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you if his son asks for bread, you instead give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you then, as evil men, sinful people, know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give to you? Because he's perfect. What is good and advantageous to those who keep on asking him. Amen. And I think sometimes we just, God, God either you're not hearing me or I'm not knocking loud enough. Or do you know what? I've had enough. I'm going away. I'll come back later. I think there is a, there is a parable about, uh, in, 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 the, in the word about the, the guy who goes to visit his neighbor in the middle of the night and won't give him peace until he's opened the Opened the, I get the, the impression of the little latch. What do you want? <laughs> Can I brew a roll and slice? <laughs> but whatever the, you know, everything is in context. What do you need? What do you need? He wants to meet your needs according to his riches and glory. He wants to meet your needs not always your wants. Amen. So, and finally, seeking, the, seeking rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30, Amplified. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavily burdened. The Amplified's great. It says, by religious rituals that provide no peace, and I'll give you rest and refreshing for your souls with salvations. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, religious rit- a ritual is something that you do. It's like a pattern you repeat over and over and over again. And sometimes we let the pat- patterns dominate our life instead of letting the Holy Spirit dominate our life. So do you know what? See, see even, see even if, if we decided to come into church on a Sunday and all of a sudden I said, we're going to the word instead of, and worshiped at the end. Do you know churches, some churches do that, do do different things. Uh, We might all be that, but you can't do that because that's not the way we've done it for 35 years. So you get back with the program. It's like, don't be burdened by religious rituals. There's going to be a time when our rituals will stop the flow of the Holy Ghost in its tracks. And there'll be people in this building that need to find Jesus. But we will be too concerned with the pattern. I want to say that. Actually, I I feel very impressed this morning to say that. Don't get into religious bondage or into a pattern. And don't impose your patterns on anyone else in this church. So we, we don't want to get into that, locked into that vice-like, ritualistic 
way of doing things. We must let the Holy Spirit have his way. And that might mean me putting a microphone down right now or one of you getting up to bring a word or whatever it is, as long as it's done indecently in an order and in the will of God and the Holy Spirit prompts it. Amen? Amen. So let him dominate. You know, in God's word, there's every example of people who, who sought after God. You know, some of them needed the rest. Some of them needed peace. Some of them needed a need met. Some of them needed a miracle. And then there's others in God's word who saw just what they thought. I need this for my life right now. It would suit my life to have this. This is what I'm seeking. I want to just quickly um, kind of bring this message to a close by talking about one such man. And he was a young prophet called Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Now, he was a young guy, a prophet, and he didn't have many friends. Could it have been something to do with the message that he kept on bringing? <laughs> Here's Jeremiah, harbinger of doom, always bringing a heavy on us. Everything is, thus saith the Lord. No one, nay wonder he had no friends. He had very few friends. Actually, if you read up on Jeremiah, he didn't have many friends. But prophets never got, I mean, who would want to, you know, if there was a sign-up sheet for an Old Testament prophet, do you th- how long would the queue be? <laughs> be like, I'm looking out again, st- still nobody there. Oh, give, give it half an hour. There's still nobody there. It's like, oh, that, was a tough, that was a tough act, the Old Testament prophet. So here's Jeremiah, this young man. Um, but he was someone who shared God's heart for a very rebellious people. We know who they are, aren't they? The, 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 the people of God. But even after God, even after God had had enough, right? God was at the end of his rope. Jeremiah would not give up on these people. Even though God was like, let them, they're go- I'm, that's it. Enough is enough. It's fire time. You know, it's like we're going to, you guys are heading for the biggest catastrophe, divine catastrophe. And Jeremiah's like, you, Lord, I am still praying for them. I'm still going to keep praying. I'm still going to keep praying for these people. God even had to tell Jeremiah to stop, cease, stop it. Jeremiah, Lord, I can't stop. There's a fire. There's a fire shut up in my bones. There's, there's a fire inside of me. I can't, I can't, I can't stop. And the reason why his heart ached for the people, because he knew without a shadow of a doubt that the salvation of this group of people, this rebellious, hard-hearted, stiff-necked people relied on them turning back to God, seeking his face and putting their faith in God and keeping the covenant with Jehovah, with Yahweh. Amen? And keeping covenant means, has, uh, I just want, keeping covenant involves a bit of accountability. And it also involves a little bit of obedience. And they were not inclined to be obedient people. <laughs> so things were not looking good. Jeremiah goes to the people, re-emphasizes the importance of God's covenant with them, He says, listen, I want to let you know something. You have a personal responsibility for your sin. 
You, you, it's not just the whole nation. It's not, because it used to be like God was wrath with the whole lot of them. And then things, the prophets began to say, it's you, Achan, the whole nation of Israel, because he hid something in his tent. God's hand was lifted. One man, one man's sin, one man's secret sin stopped the whole nation from moving forward. So Jeremiah is there to remind them, you guys have got personal responsibility here. God's covenant is a bond with you as an individual. In chapter 31, he tells the people, you know, I'll forgive you. I'll write the law of your, on your hearts. And if you obey me, you'll, you'll have blessing. And of course, there's a foretelling of Jesus Christ in Jeremiah. Amen? If you go to Jeremiah 15, from verse 15, in the Amplified, it says, Lord, you know and understand, and you remember me thoughtfully, and you take notice of me. Take vengeance for me on my persecutors. Do not, in view of your patience, take me away. Know that for your sake I endure continual rebuke and dishonor. For your sake, I'm, gonna, I, I'm putting up with this. I'm enduring all of this attack on my life. And the next one is the key verse. Your words were found, and I ate them. Seeking God's kingdom, seeking his face, eating his words. Amen. When someone turns around to you and says, yeah, you're going to eat your words. Pray that you actually had given them a scripture just before that. <laughs> and yeah, that's fine. Listen, see if I say it out and you, and you say it's going to come back on you. Thanks be to God for that because it's just going to be a blessing. Amen? Amen. Your words were found and I ate them and your words became a joy to me and the delight of my heart for I've been called by your name. Amen? Later on in verse 18, Jeremiah says to God, why am, I, why am I always in pain? Why is my pain perpetual? Why am I always in this? It's like an incurable wound that won't go away. It's not going to be healed. And he turns to God and he says, God, you're just like a wadi. You know what a wadi is? A wadi is a stream and, and that dries up. You know, it's got water sometimes and other times it doesn't. But for all of that, Jeremiah stayed strong. He, 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 he even, he not only did he seek God's will, but even when God was tired of these people, he kept on going. Your words I have eaten, your answers to my question, your advice, your counsel. And, you know, we know that in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit came. But, you know, all of this stuff that Jeremiah is doing in this day and age, we'd call his ministry a work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because one of, the symbols, one of the symbols that represent the Holy Spirit is fire. And in Jeremiah 5.15, it says, Therefore, says the Lord God, because you speak this word, behold, I will make my words in your mouth as fire. And these people will be like wood, and it shall devour them. Amen? So Jeremiah has God's heart, the, the spirit of God in him as he's doing his duty as a prophet. Even though he was the laughing stock all day long, he was mocked, he was persecuted. Amen. It says in Jeremiah 20, 
Whenever I speak, I must shout out, verse 8, I shout violence and destruction because the word of the Lord has become to me a reprimand. And what, a, what, what a statement. Your word has become to me the source of my pain because I'm standing on your word. And every time I stand on your word, it gets more painful because people get more aggressive towards me. They mock me and they persecute me. They, I'm insulted all day long because of your word. And Jeremiah is tempted to say, and this is the, where you'll find it for the first time, he's tempted to say, Lord, I'm ready to forget about it all. I'm ready to walk away. I'm ready to give up. But then my heart becomes a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I'm weary of holding it in. I cannot endure it nor contain it any longer. And I've heard all of the whispering and the defaming words of many. All of my familiar and trusted friends. People looking for my fall and my destruction. But the Lord is with me. As a dread champion. One who's greatly to be feared. Therefore my persecutors will stumble and fall, and they will not overcome me. They will, they will be completely shamed. Amen. Hallelujah. We won't read the whole thing. But isn't that amazing? Jer Jeremiah, he's, I'm going to conform to your will, Lord. I'm going to stay your megaphone for your voice. Despite all of my pain, I'm going to be the megaphone for you. The external pressure that he was under was huge. I don't know if any of us have even come close to a small percentage of what Jeremiah must have went through. I, I certainly haven't. He nearly came to his limit, but there was an unquenchable fire in his bones. Amen. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Romans 8, 16, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. If we seek his face, his spirit will witness with our spirit. Amen? And you'll know it because there'll be a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection. You'll know when you're, ah, I've hooked up. I've hooked up. There's a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection. You know, who would seek him now? Who's seeking him now in this place? Who's seeking him? Raise your hands high. Don't be ashamed. Are you seeking him? Amen? Do you think everyone on this earth is seeking God at the moment? If you go to one of the greatest chapters in the Bible, Matthew 13, where Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven in so many different parables, if, if, if we look at that and we deduce from that that according to the different types of soil, at any one time, Maybe only 25% of the people are good soil or, soil or soil that is going to return a harvest. Amen? And three quarters, for different reasons, will not be a part of it. Matthew 13, 31, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and he sowed in his field. 
Amen? And it's the least of all seeds, but it grows up into this huge tree, and in this huge tree, there's branches and birds and animals and all sorts of things come and make their home in the branches, signifying that God's kingdom is open to everyone, but what is the soil of your heart like? Are you, are you in the 25% of the good soil? Are you in the 25% of the soil that went by the wayside? Are you 25% of the soil that was um, devoured? 25% of, of the soil that was sown on stony ground? Matthew 13, 3, he spoke to them many things in parables, saying, a sower went out to sow some seed fell by the wayside, the birds came and eat it, some on the stony places, not much earth, so they immediately sprang up, but that was the end of that. Some on the wayside, when the sun was up, they were scorched and then they withered away, and some among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, 30, 60, and a hundredfold. Amen. I'm hoping that it's not only 25% of the population that end up seeking, reaching out and seeking God's face. Amen. We've got a lot to do with that because we are the seed sowers. God will take care of the soil. We've got the seed to sow. So we've got to get out there with the seed. Amen. We have to ask ourselves, what connections am I looking at making? Am I going to make kingdom connections? Am I going to seek him because in the past, we'd seek others, wouldn't we, to fulfill the things that we needed? You know, what, 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 do you, what happens when you go to a new place? What do you look for instinctively? People that look like you. Lewis comes into a new place. He's looking for young, hip, cool guys. guys you know, he's looking for guys that play the drums or, you know, um, you know whatever it is your, your bag is. When you go in somewhere, you're, you're looking for people that you can identify with. Because it's our heart's desire to be connected to someone who completes us and, and satisfies the yearning that we have for, for um, community and companionship. Amen? We're all looking for someone to share the boring times and the painful times. Are there any painful times? Are there boring times? I don't know where, where our measure is actually between boring and painful Sometimes the painful times lasted so long, they got boring. But to share the joy and pain, no one gets through life pain-free. And seeking God's kingdom, seeking his face, is something that we need to do. I want to ask you a question. Are people that, in, that are in pain more likely to seek God than those who are comfortable and secure with what they've got? Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yes and amen. No one gets through life pain-free. You might be here today because you've had pain in your life. And people have helped you through that pain. Maybe those people are here today. Or God, God has helped you through that pain. But whenever there's pain, especially intense pain, there's a need for relief. And a lot of times we're not receptive until that gets to a certain level. What's our pain threshold before we'll turn to God and say, I need your help more than anything else? People that have hardened their hearts and I'll just soldier on, I'll soldier on. 
hardened hearts are softened through pain and suffering. And the acceptance that there's somebody there that can offer you relief. His name is Jesus. This week when I was listening in my car to one of the podcasts I listened to about the hard soil. How's hard soil changed? It's pummeled by storms. By the rains come. And sometimes that rain is not soft and gentle. I was brought up in South Africa. We had violent uh, hailstorms and rainstorms. Now, if you got caught outside in a hailstorm, you were for it. (laughs) But I tell you, sometimes if you got caught outside, even in a heavy rainstorm, the rain would sting your body. And when all you've got is a pair of flip-flops and shorts, go out out to play. It leaves red blotches on your body. It hits you so hard. And it can be continuous and relentless, but that is how hard ground is softened up. And it was common in South Africa to come across dry riverbeds and dry areas of the felt. And there was a crust on it that was so hard that when you walk on it, it would crack. It would be like walking over cracknel. It was so hard. And all that's needed is the rain to soften that up. And God will send the rain. Sometimes it'll come like a storm. And sometimes it'll sting. But it's there doing its purpose to soften the hard ground. So he's, we trust the Holy Spirit is going to soften hearts. God is going to work in the soil and so that there's a seed for us to plant. The Holy Spirit's going to prepare men's hearts and uh, he's the change agent. He's going to provide the change in people. We've just got to do, we've got to keep on seeking God, seeking his face, and be obedient. Amen, church. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com, and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter. Thank you.